Hi guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You guys can find the podcast on YouTube and you can also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast. And we're so, so thankful that you guys have found the podcast today. Okay, so this is a request podcast. It actually came from a question uh, from a from a lady. Uh, it was it was a great question, um, but the the question was this: So, how can we learn to forgive? How can we learn to forgive? And that's just that's such a great question. It's it's simple, but sometimes the execution of it can be very very hard in terms of learning how to forgive. And so what we entitled today's podcast, if you saw it on social media, what we entitled today's podcast is Jesus, Jesus's betrayal. I thought I knew you. Jesus's betrayal. I thought I knew you. So when we talk about forgiveness, a lot of times we, we turn to the wrong sources when it comes to forgiveness. Sometimes we we spend too much time asking other people what they would do, asking other people how they would respond or how they responded in a similar situation. Whatever the case may be, sometimes our standard for forgiveness is faulty. And so sometimes our standard is people. Sometimes it's books. Sometimes it's what everybody else says. But when, when it comes to this question specifically, the standard for forgiveness needs to be Christ. Right? It's got to be. Because he's the ultimate. We're all we're all faulty. And the people that we might be asking for help may not be good at it themselves. So, I mean, we have to go to the perfect standard when it comes to asking for forgiveness. And so what we're going to do, we're going to look at the life of Christ and we're going to we're going to take a journey with him. But in order to understand forgiveness, you have to understand um, the relationship that Jesus built. And you have to understand um, how he built those relationships with those people in order to get to the point where he had to forgive them. So we're going to take a journey from the beginning to that point. And so before we take that journey, as as we're studying today, I want you guys to do this with me. Imagine you have you have, guys ever seen those um, those like crystal balls. Right. And and sometimes you, know, you see those in TV shows where somebody shows up right in that crystal ball. Imagine you have a crystal ball. Right. And, uh, you know, all the things that have uh, hurt you or something that you're holding on to or, or some level of of bitterness or some things that you feel is very hard to forgive. I want you to think about those things and bundle it all in that ball right just bundle it all in that in that crystal ball and let it all just sit there and we're gonna we're gonna sit it to the side but we want to acknowledge that those feelings are there okay so now let's go on this journey with christ so jesus's betrayal i thought i knew you and we're gonna we're gonna go back and we're gonna hit the original question that was asked how can we learn how to forget so let's start with let's start with number one. If you're taking notes, this is how we're going to start with this. We're going to start with the journey, right? We're going to start with the journey. So there's a lot of ways that we can actually start with this, but actually, you know, we really do need to start from 
from the beginning of when Jesus actually called the disciples. And, you know, we can go through all the, the books in the, uh, in the new Testament, uh, specifically the, uh, the gospels, but here's where we want to start. We actually want to start in Matthew. All right. So if you're new to the podcast, uh, open up your Bibles with us and let's get started here. So Matthew chapter four, guys, Matthew chapter four, and let's look at verses, uh, 18 and 19. All right. So remember, we got to start with the journey, right? We got to start with the journey. So verse or chapter four, verse number 18. And Jesus was walking by the sea of Galilee and he saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So here's, here's the beginning of Jesus's journey with Peter and with the other disciples as he's calling them. Whenever you think about the journey with somebody new or with new opportunities or new jobs or new whatever, when you think about how the journey begins, most times the journey as it begins, it has a certain, it has a certain freshness to it. You know, it has a certain you know, I haven't seen this before. I haven't felt this before. I I don't know this. So this is this is new to me. This is this is new. This is nice. Right? So sometimes when you begin a journey, the journey has a certain level of freshness to it. It it feels like whatever you're starting new, it's obviously greener than what you just left, right? Because it's new. So it, it's greener and it almost seems like it's more it's more enjoyable. Like, man, whatever this new thing is, whatever this new person is, it's it's different. It's greener. It, it It's more joyous in a sense. So when, whenever you begin a journey, most journeys start with that certain level of freshness. So, again, keep all this in mind. Right. Keep all keep all of this in mind as we're studying, because you got to remember all of these things that you felt in that crystal ball that we left to the side and that original question, how do we forgive where we started matters. So the, the journey is always fresh. So now when you think about the disciples, especially in verse 19, what did Jesus said to the disciples or specifically to Simon and, and, and to Andrew follow me. So here's the thing, Simon and Andrew wouldn't have followed Jesus if they weren't looking for something new. Think about that. Why would they just leave? And especially leaving from their boat, why would they just leave? They obviously were looking for something. You know, sometimes we don't know what we're looking for, but when something is new, when something is fresh, when something is different than what we've been used to for the past X amount of years or X amount of months or X amount of weeks, when it's new and when it's fresh, you kind of start to question what you're already doing. Does that make sense? So here's where the journey begins. The journey with Jesus begins with a certain level of freshness, right? And sometimes that's what happens with us. The journey begins with a certain level of, of freshness, of joy, of, of, you know, of, of a certain level of fire that we have in us. And so, you know, even think about the podcast that we just did with Christian, you know, sometimes that's how we start off too. You know, we start off with this, especially after baptism, you know, we start off with this zeal, this freshness, this joy, this, 
this excitement that I'm a member of the body. I can grow. I know Christ. I can help others. But somewhere along the line, that freshness kind of turns stale. That freshness isn't isn't new anymore. It isn't what it used to be. And so the journey always starts off fresh. And that's how Jesus's journey started off with the disciples. Uh, Matthew chapter four, verses 18 through 21. It was a fresh relationship. It was, it was totally fresh. But now as we, as we build on this, we're, we're building this background because we have to understand this before we move on. So Jesus's betrayal, I, I thought I knew you. Well, how did, how did all this start? How did the betrayal start? It started with the journey. It started with this, with a certain freshness of this journey. Then number two, as we're kind of building this introduction, now you have the journey, but then now you have the build, right? The build. So now you, you start something fresh with somebody. You start something fresh with a new opportunity, with, with a new job, with a new mission. You start fresh. So now as you start fresh in this, this thing, whatever it is, it's, it's new, it's fresh, it's nice, it's different. Now you got to do something with that. So now you start building. So as the newness fades, now you got to start building these things that you found. So let's see how Jesus specifically starts to build with the person that he just called in Matthew 4. So now let's jump over to Matthew 14. Matthew 14 and let's start in verse number um, 29. So now Jesus is walking on water. Now he says this in verse 29 to Peter, come. And when Peter came down out of the ship, he walked on the water. But when he saw the winds were boisterous, he was afraid. He began to sink and he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, excuse me. <laughs> Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. And said unto him, O thou of little faith, why did you doubt? So what do you call that moment right there? That's a building moment. So Jesus walked on water, but as Peter started walking, Jesus saved him. When you start building these new things, when you start building these new, these new friendships, these new relationships, these new jobs, these whenever you start building, you know, now you're really starting to integrate with that new thing. You know, you're, you're starting the process of integration. So that's what Jesus is doing with Peter. Peter, Peter and Jesus aren't just walking together. They're working together. They're, they're growing together. Jesus is saving him, right? It's a building process. Then here's another building process, right? So he's just building this here. Look at Luke chapter four. And again, guys, this is all introduction, so we, we can really understand this question. So we got to understand how the relationship started. So Luke chapter 4, um, look at verses 38 through 40. Luke 4, 38 through 40. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him, talking about Jesus, for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her, and immediately she rose and ministered unto him. So now as you're building these, as the journey begins, the journey's fresh. Then after the journey's fresh, then what you start to start to do, you start to help each other. So Jesus helped Peter, right? Peter is trying to help and to become more like Christ. Then now notice the progression of the build. Now as you're building, 
Now, not only are you helping that individual one-on-one, but now their family is a concern to you. Now you're building with their family. Now you're opening up that relationship. It's growing, it's blossoming. So Jesus is helping not only Simon's wife, but his mother-in-law by helping his, 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 uh, her, her mother. So now Jesus is building this relationship with Peter, right? This is such a precious thing, isn't it? And so doesn't this sound like what we do as well? You know, when you meet new people, when you meet new opportunities, new jobs, you know, we begin with the small stuff. You know, we begin with knowing each other, with seeing where you're at, seeing where I'm at, seeing, seeing kind of, you know, what's going on in the landscape. And then as that grows, then you start to understand more about your family, understand more about this, more about that. So this is just a, this is the natural building process, right? But then look at number three as we keep building here. So now let's look at Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 and look at verse number 32. Now this is where Peter finds himself getting ready to be tempted. But now notice what Jesus says to him here, verse verse 32, or verse 31, really. And the Lord said unto Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he might sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you, that your faith fail not, and when you're converted, then you can strengthen your brethren. So now, as you're building this with people, it always starts with a one-on-one. Then it expands to the family. Then it kind of goes back to the one-on-one relationship. Now that one-on-one relationship gets a little bit deeper now. Now I'm not just, you know, helping you with other things. I'm trying to help you mature and grow through your hard times. You know, think about what Jesus is doing for Peter here. Jesus is helping him as he's being tempted. And Jesus said, look, I'm praying for you. You know, isn't that naturally how our relationships built with each other? It kind of starts off very surfacey, meaning like you'll help with small stuff. You know, you'll help assemble this and you'll help with that and you'll help with this and you'll be there for that. That's that's fine. That's great. And that's a part of the process. But that's not deep. That's surfacey. But then as you really start to get to know the person a little bit more, then you really start to try to help who the person is. So now you see them struggling. How can I pray for you? How can I help you? How can I, how can I be of assistance to you? How can I be of an encouragement to you? When you see them hurting, now your care level starts to go up and now you feel like, well, how can I, what do you want me to do? What do you need me to do? How can I help? Right? So now it gets, it gets deeper as you're building. So here's, here's where we're at with this now. So understand the main topic, Jesus's betrayal. I thought I knew you. So now look at how their journey started. Man, I remember meeting you on the boat with your brother. It was a fresh relationship. You were looking for me. I was looking for you. It was fresh. Then we started building. You started helping me with things. You know, I I helped you do things you never thought you could do. Now I'm helping your family. And now I'm helping you to build as you're going through temptation. It's building. It's getting to something greater now, right? So here's the thing about the building phase. The building phase is also the emotional phase, meaning, and th- and this is good though, this is good, because look at the relationship between Jesus and Peter. 
the good thing about the building phase is it's the emotional phase, meaning you both are doing something very healthy. And what is that healthy thing? The healthy thing is one word. You both at this point are reciprocating. I help you with your struggles. You help me with mine. In order to do that, in order for that reciprocating process to be successful, each party opens themselves up. Maybe not all the way, but each part opens up enough for the other person to do something to help. So now that relationship is growing into more than just master disciple. It's growing into something a little bit deeper now. And that's what our relationships do. Sometimes it grows from just from just buddy buddy. Sometimes it grows from just friends. Sometimes it grows deeper than that. And that's natural, especially when the reciprocating process just keeps happening nat- naturally, right? So now as we look at Jesus, we saw the journey with him and Peter and the disciples. Then we saw the build, how the relationship with, with Peter started to build and grow. Now here's the next phase. Now you have the test. You have the journey. You have the build. And now we got the test. So now what you've spent so much time building, now it's going to be tested. But here's the thing about it. Sometimes we give Peter a lot of flack. But sometimes when you think about it, Peter kind of, he almost initially passes the first test. How do we know that? Look at John chapter 18. John 18. And let's begin in verse number verse number seven. Now, remember, this is when Jesus is in the garden and he's getting betrayed here now. So look at the scene. So you got the disciples. Now he's surrounded. Now watch verse number seven. Then asked he again, who do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I told you, I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these or let those around me, let them go their way. You found me. I'm the guy you want. But watch verse nine. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of which of them, which he gave us me, have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest servant, who we know his name was Malchus, and cut off his right ear. And the servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus later on, Jesus mentioned for Peter to put away his sword because that's not his kingdom. But initially, what's the good action or the good attitude that Peter had? I'm ready to defend my friend. I'm ready to defend the person that build with me. I'm ready to defend the person that I'm on this journey with. He initially passes the test. I'm ready to defend. But then let's see what happens as the test gets a little bit harder. Now let's jump to verse, um, jump to verse 16 of the text. So then Peter stood at the door without, then went out that other disciple which was known unto the high priest and spake unto her that kept the door and brought in Peter. Then said the, the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, art thou one of this man's disciples? You just defended him, right? You've been on this journey with him, right? You've been doing all this great stuff with him, right? You've built with him. 
you were with him, right? And he said, I'm not. Then verse 18, the servants and the officers stood there. They made a fire of coals because it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Now jump up to verse 25. Then Simon Peter stood, and as he warmed himself, they said, Therefore, aren't you one of the disciples? And he denied it. He said, I'm not. Wait, 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 time out. You're talking about the person that gave you something fresh? The person that gave you something new? The person that showed you really greener pastures? The person that saved you? The person that helped your family and invested in you? The person that prayed for you when you were, when Satan wanted you? The person you defended initially? Now you don't know him? Then verse verse 26, one of the servants of the high priest being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter denied again. And immediately the cock crew. It's, a, it's an interesting thing that this happened through the journey. This happened through the journey. And so now, Jesus' betrayal. I thought I knew you. But then notice this. Here's the last part I want to look at as we introduce this. Look at Luke 22. Luke chapter 22 and verse number 61. Now, here's Luke's account. Now, after Peter denied him three times, notice verse number 61. Now, imagine, what did we just talk about all this time? Jesus' betrayal. I thought I knew you. We started this journey together. We, we literally reciprocated. I was there for you. I did stuff for you. You did stuff for me. It was, it was natural. We just, we just clicked. Then we started building, and we built, and we built, and we built, and we built. You defended me, but then you say you didn't know me. Now look at what Jesus did in verse 61. And after, after Peter denied him, the Lord turned and he looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. Before the cock crows, thou shalt deny me thrice or three times. And Peter went out and he wept bitterly. So we saw the journey. We saw the build. We saw the test. This point, number three, the test is vital. Because what do you do? Again, remember, those emotions that you felt in the beginning that I said to keep and put in that crystal ball, pick that thing back up now. Pick it back up now. And go back to those and remember it and feel it and remember all that stuff, right? So this point is vital because the point that Jesus was at when he just looked at him, you know, you ever seen those movies where you see a, you see a, a, you know, a guy he's out or whatever. And the girl that he likes, he sees her with somebody else 
And for like that split second, like three seconds, they glance and they just connect for that three seconds. And then that that disappointment in his eyes. And he just remembers. It doesn't even take that long. He just, that three-second picture. You know what I mean? And Jesus looked at him. Jesus looked at him. We've all been there where Jesus is at. You may have been there where Jesus is at. So the question is, now what do you do? So this point is vital. This is why this is vital. Because at this point, this is where that crystal ball that we talked about from the beginning, this is where that crystal ball um, starts to become dark with dark emotions. This is the moment where it's vital because this is the moment that can turn you into a monster or this is the moment that can change you for the better too. So at this point, if this had happened to you, what Peter had done to Jesus, number one, would you have done this? From this point on, after you after you took that, that, that glance, that camera look at him, would you have immediately began to build your walls back up? I, you know what? I knew it. Shouldn't have trusted him. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have built with him. I should have pet. There are 50 other boats out there. Why did, why did I pick that one? Why did I pick that one where he was at? Why, why didn't I pick this one? Why didn't I pick that one? Right? So then you start to go back to the journey and then you start to question all these things in your mind. Why did I do that? Just to get to this point, it, it was a waste. It was a waste. So now you start to build those walls back up. And you build it up and you build it up and you build it back up. Or are you going to take route number two? Which, again, as your as your crystal ball starts getting dark because you've already built your walls up. Now, I call it becoming Mr. Freeze. You remember, uh, what, what is that? Is that Batman Forever, right? With uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, <laughs> right? With the With the gun, right? So I call this the Mr. Mr. Freeze, where after the walls are built up, now your heart becomes cold. It becomes, um, it's almost like a, a state of mind where you literally just don't care about anything anymore. I don't care what you do. I don't care what he does. I don't care what she does. I just don't care anymore. Like you get to the point where you just like, you just don't care. You just, it just, nothing matters anymore. Like you just don't care. You know what? Y'all do whatever you're going to do. I'm going to just, I'm going to just do whatever I'm doing. Like you get to that cold point where you just become this. I mean, if we're sticking with the Mr. Freeze, you you become a, a villain. You know, you might not necessarily do anything bad, but you also become, you know, you become cold, which is, that's very easy to become. It's very easy to become that way. Or, or will we do number three with that, that snapshot moment that Jesus had with Peter? Instead of building my walls right back up, instead of having my, my, my heart put back on ice, do I use this moment to keep building with Peter? And to be honest, in that moment, I don't know if I could have done that, what Jesus did. And I think that shows I still got some work to do because that's a different, 
and we'll see this in a second, but that's a different level where all that stuff that you've done for Peter and his family, and he does that to you, and and Jesus decides to keep building with that man. You know what I'm saying? It's a different, and I, I talked to a friend of mine about this before. Sometimes when you compare, and this is why we need to compare our love to Christ and not, because sometimes you even have some friends, some Christian friends that'll tell you, well, you did the right thing. Well, that was the right thing to do. They're not God though. You know, so what would God do in that situation? So look at this, look at Mark 16. Mark 16, um, I believe it's verse six. I want to make sure that's the right one. Yeah, that's it. Mark chapter 16 and beginning in verse 6. So this is how we know that Jesus kept building with Peter. So after he, after Jesus is taken and he's brutally, brutally hurt and he's scourged and he's spit upon and he's on that and he's on the cross and, and he's just suffocating on the cross, he passes. And so imagine being Peter on the other end of it, because you got to imagine Peter probably heard as he wept bitterly and ran away. He had to have heard the things that they had done to Jesus from that point on. And imagine what he's thinking. Man, I. I. Um, I let him down. You know what I mean? Like I. I let him down. I didn't. Imagine him sitting there. I mean, he was, when my mother-in-law was sick, he was there. When I needed help, he was there. When I fell, he was there. I, I just, I wasn't there. Like, imagine the the, the extreme. And sometimes, you know, you, you almost think about Peter's guilt and Judas's guilt. It almost was kind of the same. Because Peter was almost just as guilty as Judas. They both did the same thing. But now look at what Jesus did. So he's resurrected. And now verse 6 of Mark 16. He said unto him, talking about the, um, the angel that was there. He said unto them, be not affrighted or be not fearful. You seek Jesus of Nazareth which was crucified, he's risen, and he's not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, and notice what he told the women. Go your way, and notice how general he was and then how specific he gets. Go tell his disciples, but then whose name did he say specifically? And go tell Peter that he goes before you in Galilee. And you'll see him as he said to you. <laughs> so Peter or Judas denied Jesus with a kiss, but he hung himself. Peter denied Jesus three times. But in this situation, Jesus didn't build his walls back up with Peter. Jesus didn't become Mr. Freeze and, 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 and shut Peter out. Jesus said, let's keep building. 
that's what if if one of think about that if you were in the same situation as Jesus what would people tell you to do oh that's how he treated you oh that's how that's how she treated you oh okay cool that's don't don't treat them well you know do this do that do that make them work make them do that make them come to you make them chase make them but is that the right thing to do though y'all you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we think because everybody else does that, that that's what we're supposed to be doing. But that's so off. It's so off. I mean, it's 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 stupid how off that is. But it's also stupid how we almost say that that's the right thing. So what did Jesus do? Jesus kept building. So, Jesus' betrayal, I thought I knew you. So, let's go back to that original question that was asked. How do we learn how to forgive? How do we learn? We have to understand this. We have to look at forgiveness from God's perspective and not everybody else's. Because the same people that we go to asking, should I forgive this person? Should I, should I do this or do that? This, sometimes their love may not even be where God's at. And maybe they still struggle with forgiveness and you're asking them for advice. Let's go back and let's forget. At this moment right now, if you're listening, forget everything you've been told. Just forget it. And just think about this for a minute. In 1 John chapter 1, and I mentioned this with Christian as we studied. In 1 John 1, it said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive. So sometimes we don't get that concept of forgiveness because with each other we make it so hard. So I don't understand how... God can forgive me if I've been in a situation like Peter because 15 or 20 of my friends still haven't forgiven me. So how can God do it? You see what I'm saying? So sometimes we have this backwards image of God's forgiveness because of how we do each other and how really how others have done us. But God is faithful and just to just do it. You know, I heard a story from my brother here, and he said there was a man that asked the Lord for forgiveness. And the Lord said, I forgive you. He came the second day. He asked the Lord for forgiveness. The Lord said, I forgive you. He asked the third day, Lord, I need your forgiveness. And he said, I forgive you. And he came the fourth day. And he said, Lord, do you remember what I did three days ago? He said, you remember that sin that I did three days ago? And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's how powerful the forgiveness of God is. But with us, and I, it, it just... It just kind of irks you, you know, it irks me, you know, like, well, you, you know, you know, you got to work for it now, you know, so 
now you know if you want to if you want to earn my forgiveness you know now you got to treat me it's almost like we try to get leverage on people so now now you did me dirty now now you want my company now now i have the leverage over you so now in order for you to have that reciprocating relationship with me now now you got to be the one to text first now you got to be the one to do stuff first now you got to give this stuff first it's almost like we we hold and we lord over people because of people's faults which is really jacked up i mean it's really messed up it's you see how how faulty we do things and so god just forgives so here's here's how we answer that question from God's perspective. So the original question was, how do we learn how to forgive? Just do it. Just forgive. If it's done correctly, as as the text mentions, if your brother comes, hey, I, would you would you forgive me? Forgive. Just forgive. You see, in order to forgive, though. Your personal ego has to be controlled. And just like Jesus in in Mark chapter 16, verses 6 through 7, building something greater has to be more important than your own personal victory over another person. So how do we know that? So Mark 16, the angel says, go tell Peter. So here's my thing. In Acts chapter 2, who gets the privilege to preach the first sermon? Literally, literally the person that denied him. And now think about this, y'all. Imagine the power of sitting there and listening to Peter preaching that sermon in Acts 2. Look at what your forefathers did. Look at look at the background of Jesus. Look at all these things. Look at how look at how we betrayed the Son of God. And now notice he's talking to the audience how the audience betrayed him. But I did too. So imagine the power of that sermon. You see what Jesus could have done, Jesus could have shut Peter out. And had another one of the disciples do it. But instead of focusing on Jesus' own personal ego, he said, we could use Peter. Peter, you can still be used for greatness. Let's keep building. And I'm going to give you the keys. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we got to take, and I'm not saying it's it's easy. We got to take our personal ego out of it and we got to take that feeling of leverage and being over somebody and wanting to feel a certain level of um satisfaction from someone else we got we got to take that out we you know we we got to take because jesus didn't have that and we got to stop telling other people to do stuff like that too to be honest we got to we got to stop saying that as advice And if we can't do that, that continues to show the immaturity that we still have and the selfishness that we still have. 
And what happens is that that crystal ball, remember that we had in the beginning with all those dark emotions in there? Many times that overbearing pain of hurt and ego and wanting all those things, it clouds your judgment to forgive. It clouds it. So let's go back to the original question. So how do I forgive? Here's how from from what the Bible says. He's faithful and just to forgive. If they've asked for forgiveness, forgive. Don't worry about. Don't worry about winning, quote unquote. Don't worry about your ego. Don't worry about them getting away with it. Worry about just forgiveness. Just forgiveness. And here's here's something that's that I think we need to mention too. The sowing and reaping rule is real. <laughs> I would just the, whatever you sow, that will you reap. Like it's one hundred percent real. It's real. And when we talk about forgiveness, in Matthew chapter five, the Bible says, "Be therefore merciful." Right? If you want to receive mercy. Right. So Matthew five, verse number, uh, verse number seven, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. So the sowing and reaping rule is real. So if all of these years you've been kind of holding back this forgiveness, number one, what it's going to do, it's going to affect every other relationship that you have because you're always going to be, you know, CIA with everybody else. And it, everybody, you know, one person makes a slip up. Now you build your walls up and you're Mr. Freeze to them now. So here's the thing about the sowing and reaping rule. I heard this from a speaker. He said, you can't mess with the fabric of life and time without it snapping back at you. And he said, seemingly at times, it might feel like you have been quote unquote successful in your endeavor, but you will sow what you reap. You know, you think about Jacob, Jacob listened to the influence of, uh, of his mother. He took the, the birthright from Esau tricked his father. He, for some time, he got away with it, quote unquote. But then on his wedding day, he unveils the veil that ain't Rachel. <laughs> that's not that's not Rachel. That's Leah. That's a snapback. We'll always, whenever we whatever we sow, we'll reap. There's always a snapback moment. And so this is why forgiveness is important. Because in order to avoid that snapback moment, if you forgive, if you show mercy, you will receive it back. So instead of thinking about your own personal ego and my own personal ego on stuff, maybe start thinking about yourself in this sense. If there's ever a time where I want mercy, where I want forgiveness from someone, I want to get it because I've been giving it out. So if you're going to think about yourself, think about yourself that way rather than your ego.
So Jesus's betrayal, I thought you knew. Jesus's betrayal. So it, it, it's an interesting concept, and, it, and it's a great, great study when you talk about forgiveness. But also, as we talk about this, we, we want to make sure that we continue to be more like Christ, uh, more like him, and, and to grow to be more like him. It's just, it's an everyday thing, and we got to work on this. So Jesus' betrayal, I thought I knew you. I hope you're able to go back and study this. I'm so grateful for you guys as we studied and had the opportunity to look at this. And I hope I was able to answer that question. I hope it sufficed for uh, for what she asked. So uh, I'm appreciative. I'm thankful. And Lord willing, what's today? Friday? Yes. Lord willing, we'll be back on Monday with another podcast. Thanks, guys.